And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Welcome to the Athletic Football Show. I'm Robert Mays. Just a heads up for you guys, this is picks 11 through 20 of the first round in podcast form. You can check out the video on our YouTube channel of our live stream from tonight. But this is the second of the three podcasts coming your way today. Let's get to it. This is the Athletic Football Show's Draft Night Special. Are you ready? Live in studio from Kansas City, featuring your host Robert Mays, the Athletics NFL Draft Beast Dane Brugler, and of course, the one and only Nate Tice, plus special guests along the way. The NFL Draft is now officially open. One of the biggest moves of the entire night so far. Colts deciding that Anthony Richardson is here is their guy here to talk us through the Colts pick and the big swing from that front office. It is our Colts writer at the Athletic, Zach Kiefer. Zach, thank you very much for joining us, sir. You look fantastic. The Wizard of Oz. (laughs) What's up, guys? How's your night going? We are having a great time. How's your night going? Hey, they took a quarterback, man. This has been, it feels like seven years in the making. (laughs) Why do you think Anthony Richardson ultimately became the guy for Indianapolis? I think if you look at the three pillars at the top, it makes a lot of sense, right? Jim Irsay wants a running quarterback. First of all, he wanted them to draft a quarterback. When all the Lamar Jackson conversations, I kept going back to Irsay wants a rookie quarterback. So start there. You pivot to Chris Ballard. He likes traits, right? Robert, we've talked about this a lot. (laughs) He He loves traits. Does anybody have more traits than Anthony Richardson? And then thirdly, this is a bet on Shane Steichen. And I've said this as well. Like you're betting on this guy's ability to draft a young quarterback who's a little bit raw, but has everything you want physically. Steichen, Ballard, Ursay, it feels like it makes a lot of sense. And then the final box for them to check was it was it was the personality. It was the character. And they visited with him a lot in Gainesville the last couple of weeks. And, and he it just felt like they felt really comfortable with him. Have they talked about, again, the process a little bit? Have you gotten to hear from Ballard at all? Have you gotten to hear from anybody there after they made the pick? Yeah, yeah. They decided that he decided in his mind about a month ago that he was good with this pick. And, and the biggest amount of anticipation and angst was waiting to see who was trading up to three, right? And he said <laughs> someone might be lying in the weeds. And if it was Tennessee, that would have been a bad look if they would have jumped up to get Anthony Richardson. When they didn't, the Colts knew this was the guy. And, and I heard it wasn't going to be Levis. And, and they were pretty sure it was Anthony Richardson. We've talked a lot about, you know, Chris has been open about this. I mean, when you draft one of these guys, it's on you. This is the moment when it really kind of turns over and they had sorted through all of these veteran quarterbacks. Is that sense there now that this is it? This is our big bet at the position. And however it turns out, this is how it turns out. Yeah, but don't you think this gives them a little bit more time? I absolutely think it gives because a little bit more time, but it still feels he's like... He's 20 years old. <laughs> <laughs> it, it still feels like we were waiting for them to make their big bet, and this is it. And to do it on a guy who has this package of traits and clearly, like you said, fits personality-wise the way that they want to, then to be the next kind of guy in this lineage of Colts quarterbacks just feels different yeah. for this franchise yeah. in yeah. a way. And for it to be a guy like Anthony Richardson, it's pretty fascinating. Yeah, it needed to happen. And I asked Chris Ballard at the end of our conversation, like, do you feel relief? Like you finally pulled the trigger on this quarterback. And really, this is what the fan base has been waiting for since August of 19, when when Andrew Luck walked away and and they finally did it. But again, Jim Arce is going to exercise patience here. I really believe that. And remember, Shane Steichen's on a six-year contract. So there's no real hurry to play him a lot this year. But then again, as you've mentioned, Dane, like this guy needs to play. He needs reps. He's only started 13 games in college. So that's going to be the interesting dynamic. But if you think about this guy and Jonathan Taylor in the same backfield, that that's, could be fun. That's fun. That's <laughs> fun. Zach Kiefer, enjoy your night, my friend. Thank you very much for joining us. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Zach. Thanks, Zach. All right. 
a month. That's exciting. A month. That's, yeah. And they sat on it. They did. And we had such little kind of insight yeah. into who they were going to pick, who they preferred at that spot. It was one of the biggest misters in the entire draft. They decided a month ago that yeah. this was going to be their guy. Yeah. And, and, and uh, well, we actually had the Titans Here we on go. The clock Titans here. at 11. Here it is. In the 2023 NFL Draft, the Tennessee Titans select Peter Skaronski, offensive tackle, Northwestern. Passing the quarterback. I was so, uh, yeah. I was it's way, just, you know what, anything. Just was, anything on offense. That is so perfect for them. I that mean, is. they need so much help at offensive line, and this is a we don't know what his best spot is, but no, he doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. He is Left a tackle, good he, guard. Yes. What it doesn't matter. Center. He will be your best lineman yes. at any spot he plays at. All five spots he could potentially play at. And yeah, I I was dreading, uh, not against the player, but uh, Jackson Smith and Jigba there. I was like, no, you guys don't need a receiver. You need offensive line. Yes, they do need a receiver as well. I mean, will Levis? Maybe uh, yeah, too? or Will yeah, Levis. Yeah, but right. this is great for a team. Again, they're really rebuilding on the offense. This is a guy that it's a, it's a building block, a literal building block. And yeah, it's he's gonna find he's gonna be their best offensive lineman at whatever spot they put him at. This is great. They this is a great pick, like perfect spot to take him. I, I love this. We're starting from scratch on offense. Yes. I mean, it's similar to thinking about the Cardinals on defense. I mean, you, you need something. You need some starting point. He could mm-hmm. play guard. He could play tackle. Yes. It really doesn't matter. Just one building block on the way to wherever they need to go. You think of Mike Vrabel. You, th- you know, where did he really cut his teeth? New England. What does yeah. Bill Belichick always preach? Smart, tough, physical. Uh, Peter Skaronsky is that. Yeah. I mean, this is a Vrabel guy. Uh, plug him in on the offensive line. We don't know where. Could it be guard? Could it be tackle? But that versatility gives you options to get the best five out there. Yep. And that's what they need right now. So, uh, yeah, the Titans have more than a few spots they need to address here. Yes. But t- offensive line was absolutely one of them. And uh, Peter Skaronsky is as clean as they come yes. when it comes to a prospect uh, on the field, off the field, understanding what he is, what he does best. Yep. Uh, and then what he's going to bring day in, day out. So this this pick, this pairing makes a lot of sense. You know? Talk about when that run on offensive lineman was going to go. It has started. It's so now we've got three of them off the board. Yeah. And this is when we could have a lot more potentially in play. So there might be more teams looking for tackles here than are going to be available in these spots. So four offensive linemen off the board? Or three? Three. three. Or no, three. Yeah, Paris yeah. Johnson, Darnell Wright, out there. Peter Skrotsky. Broderick so, Jones is still there. Yeah, and... and there are a few teams here coming up that could possibly take them. And it's interesting with Detroit now on the clock. Yeah. We thought maybe Christian Gonzalez at six. Christian Gonzalez is still on the clock. Yeah. That's an, a possibility for them if they want to go that direction. They want to continue building that defense, which we think they're going to do. Uh, but, you know, because this, this offensive line class, I think it taps out. You yes. know, it's yep. we, huge drop. We figured we, we talked about it the other day. We, yep. we see that run early. It's why Matthew Bergeron made it into my yep. first, my final mock draft, just because teams need offensive linemen. And so you might take one a little bit earlier than you're comfortable with. Yep. But the tackle class, uh, just not a great group this year. Yep. You know, you like some of the guys at the top with, you know, Paris Johnson and, you know, Broderick Jones still out there. Yep. But then it just falls off a cliff. The Detroit Lions select Jameer Gibbs, running back. Wow. <laughs> no way. Jameer Gibbs with the 12th no kidding. overall pick. Oh. I was waiting for this sort of reaction to you. The first one of the night where it was really going to no floor you. Way. What no. do we think about Jameer Gibbs landing in Detroit with the 12th pick? Can you imagine if you did that in a mock draft? Oh, my God. What would have said to you? <laughs> they would have... Taking your head off. It's fascinating that they traded away from Bijan Robinson at yeah. six. Yeah. And they, uh, maybe, I don't know if they thought they'd get Bijan here or yeah. if they were thought Gibbs the entire way. Yeah. Either way, look, I, I, I love is... Jameer Gibbs. I, he is, you cannot name the top 25 players in this draft and not name Jameer Gibbs. He is that good of a player, uh, rushing the football, catching the football. He is so sudden with his feet and the way he, he marries his eyes with his feet, it's just, it, it is really impressive. So, and we mentioned it when we were talking about Bryce Young. Yep. He led the team in receptions this year. That's not ideal, but it also speaks to his talent. And you think about the Lions and that running back depth chart with DeAndre Swift still there. They signed David Montgomery. Right. This is a. They gave David Montgomery $11 million guaranteed yeah. like a month and a half ago. This, this is a different type of weapon where I bet you we see him in a slot. We see him all over the formation. Yep. Uh, this, you know, it, it's one of those deals where. We're going to make defenses defend us with the different things we throw at them. And Jameer gives, gives, gives you that flexibility, the versatility. 
I just I did not see Detroit doing this. I, I thought they were going to take a pass catcher somewhere. We thought they needed sure. one more complimentary pass <laughs> catcher. You know, you have Jamison Williams who's going to be suspended, but yeah. you have him in the fold. Obviously, with you have Amon Ross St. Brown yeah. in the slot, but that one other outside spot or tight end, could they find a tertiary pass catching yeah. option? To do it at running back? I did not anticipate because DeAndre Swift is on the roster. Maybe they like spent Zuri, on David yeah, Montgomery. Maybe it speaks to the what they thought of this running or this wide receiver group. Right? Yeah. You know, they they look at who's available. Or the tight end class. Tight end, Both, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. And they say, you know what? It, it, Gibbs is our best option. Yeah. We want to get more explosive. We want to score more points. And, and that's why we've seen so many wide receivers come off the board early. Teams want to score more points. Yep. The best way to do that, adding wide receivers. We've seen that in the last two years. Yep. This class does not have the caliber of receiver we've seen in the last two years. And just speed kills. Oh, and does. that's what he's got. He's got it juice. Does. And so once Jameson Williams comes back, now you got kind of guys that will complement each other as well. Amon Ross St. Brown. Even Amon St. Brown, St. Brown and Jameson Williams are kind of the receiver version of what David Montgomery yep. and Jameer Gibbs there are. You so you got your, your Thunder and Lightning, the classic running back pairing. And with that offensive line, I mean, DeAndre Swift was leading the NFL until he got hurt with like nine yards of carry. And I'm yeah. not even exaggerating that much there. It was like seven or eight yards of carry before he got hurt. Now you get a guy that's much better true running back and much has a better vision. He's even more explosive than even Swift is. And Swift is explosive. It's, wow, this could be home run after home run and 20-yard gain after 20-yard gain. I understand it's exciting yeah. because he's an exciting player. This feels like a luxury pick. It's rich. Oh, sure. It feels like a luxury pick. Are the Lions, with all those picks that we've already talked about, in a position to make one? Maybe. You could argue that. But this feels really rich yes. for what feels like a cherry on top to put it in your parlay. Yes. I think this also speaks to maybe the Lions believing Gibbs was not going to make it to 18. Mm-hmm. They liked him that much. Where instead of taking the defensive player here, Christian Gonzalez, yeah. whoever it was, Finesse, they maybe, thought yeah. yeah, they thought their best bet was to take Gibbs here. That's how much they liked them. That that says a lot. When they they're picking again in six picks. Yeah. That says a lot that they took the running back here. And look, I, I get it because Gibbs is an exciting player. And I keep going back to them probably not believing in this receiver class, mm-hmm. this tight end class, Gibbs being that best option to give just that extra punch to the offense. Yeah. And so a guy that he ranked top 15 in the FBS last year in all-purpose yards, 135 yards per game. He had one drop. All the targets he saw, one drop. That's it. So this is a player that you – he lined up in a slaughter outside 25% of the time. He can be that creative mismatch weapon that a lot of teams are, are looking for. So I do think – I agree with you. It is a bit of a luxury pick. But, you know, this is also a team that traded up for Jamison Williams last yeah. year who was – you know, that, that was coming off the ACL. Mm-hmm. And it was, it was a lot of excitement about what that could be. This is another uh, exciting pick. They they get another Alabama skill player yeah. here early. Let right. me talk you through th- the, my rationale and potentially it doesn't. Maybe it doesn't say they don't like the tight end class. Maybe it says we thought the drop off after Gibbs to the next group of running backs mm-hmm. was going to be bigger than the drop off from the tight ends that would be on the board at eighteen that we could get in the second round. Yeah. They have all these second round picks. Maybe they think, oh, we can get a tight end at yeah. fifty four or whatever, but yeah. we couldn't get a running back nearly in this conversation the same and way different types of skill games. sets with those yeah. second yeah. third round running yeah. backs too a lot more bruiser types charbonnet and then other guys like that like bigger size guys of his own runners so but my dad had a line about uh about running backs i asked him one time i was like what do you look for what do you like he goes can they catch and can they can they take it to the house well that's that's jameer gibbs right there <laughs> so again with a good offensive line and also and you're talking about the auxiliary pass catching role that's huge in this type of offense that is balanced they, they, now you can kind of line up guys wherever you want. You can run the ball how you want to. You can get into pony personnel with two running backs. Yeah. You're just giving yourself flexibility of personnel, getting your best players on the field. And when they're balanced like this, it can do uh, like other things, you know, catching the ball and all that. That just gives you flexibility to offense. And Ben Johnson's a great offensive coordinator. So this, really is, is. this is a great yeah. weapon for him. I, I would argue that the pick here has, with the Lions has honestly nothing to do. I, like, I, maybe I'm wrong, but I don't think it has anything to do with the running backs. I think it's more just they love Gibbs that much. Right. Yeah. Where they thought his adding him to this offense and the weapon he could be, like they probably just think of him as a weapon more so than as strictly a running back. It's not just so, best player available; it's favorite player available yeah, kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But this, this, they they drafted the most impactful player. That's a good way to put that they it. can yeah. they can yeah. get here. I, I, this is you know we thought for it's, sure they'd go defense. And yeah. You know, this is this is an offense that did pretty well last if, year. If you asked me, put a list like what guy I would expect there. Like we did a quick like, who are the Lions taking next? This would have been 14th um, on my list. <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's interesting. Yeah. All right, the Packers pick at 13 is in. Let's hear it. Let's see who the Packers take here. With the 13th pick 
in the 2023 NFL Draft, the Green Bay Packers select Lucas Finesse. Mm-hmm. Defensive end, Iowa. Same old Packers. Same old Packers. <laughs> Traits, straight, straights. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we thought maybe they take a, a Jackson Smith the Jigba. Yeah. Maybe they take a Dalton Kincaid. No, they go with the D. And, and, and look, I, I, I'm in favor of the pick because Lucas Van Ness is a very good player. Um, yeah, I've comped him before to uh, watching Growing Pains, and you see this little Leo DiCaprio. You're like, hmm. This guy's got something. He's, he's on the ascent. You know, we're going to buy our stock now before he gets the Titanic. Uh, but the look, bowl game was eating. What's eating Gilbert Gray? Yeah, exactly. Uh, this boy's life. I mean, so look, this is uh, Lucas Van Ness. I get it. He's never started a game. He didn't start a game in college. He played starter snaps. So I, that, to me, that's a non-factor, a non-argument. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, this is a guy that when you put on the tape, you see power, you see yep. explosion, yep. and you see a guy that's still figuring out how to use it. Yep. You know, he understands that he's a little bit better than everybody, but not quite <laughs> sure how to get it all out of there. Uh, smart guy, tough, physical, you know, the hockey background. That's, been... It's wild. They're showing the hockey rink oh, on, yeah, on the screen right now. That's my home hockey rink. That's where I used to go play hockey because we're from the same hometown. That's really wild. Oh, funny. Oh, the Packers room standing up. But what you're saying too is tough and intelligent. That also speaks to his versatility. Yeah. He, yeah. Can, he has legit snaps. Again, this isn't theory. This isn't like, oh, we could project them that he can kick inside. He does it all the time. He lines up as a three tech over the guard. Seeing lineup as a nose over the center on like first and second down, not just pass rush snaps, but that versatility. But there's just the traits with him, and he's more—he's a better player than just just the raw traits. He's not like a true raw guy. I le- I'm glad you said it too. It's like, yeah, he didn't start, but he was playing a lot. Like he, there was—it wasn't you were seeing 91 out there a lot. Just because he wasn't the first uh, on the field for the first play, yeah. you know, don't just, let the Manu Ginobili close all the games for the Spurs. <laughs> yeah, just go. yeah, he was their sixth man too. We got oh, trades. We got trades. Wow. Now, Lucas Van Ness landing on the Packers. I believe, and we'll say if he's a starter because Preston yeah. Smith and Rashawn yeah. Gary are still there, but we're going to have eight guys on the Packers defense, probably in heavy rotation that were first round picks now. Eight That's, guys. Wow. They have, they, they, uh, wow. They don't, uh, there's no mystery. To yeah. What they like to do <laughs> in the first round. Uh, this is, and, it, it, you know, we thought maybe they would uh, stray off the path a little bit, but no, nope. they stay put to what they know and what they do. And, you know, so it's not yeah, really a big timeline. surprise. I mean, this is yeah. Sean Gary's going to be yeah. a free agent. Yeah. Who knows how much longer Preston Smith's going to be yeah. around. And this is always a team that's planning a year, two years yep. in advance, and this pick is no different. We, you talked about the offensive line run. Seems like this is the last one, this right? It feels like the Steelers, they, you know, they're, what were they picking at, 17? Or, uh, yeah, 17. Yeah, that, we, they didn't feel good about maybe Broderick Jones falling that far. Give up a fourth round pick to move up to 14. Uh, you know, you gotta, you know, that's obviously something that if you believe in this player, which if it is Broderick Jones coming in, I mean, their tackle depth chart is just, it, it's not, it's not easy to get excited about. No, it. it's, <laughs> I mean, Dan Moore right now is your left tackle and that's it. There, yeah. there isn't much behind him. Broderick Jones is a young player yes. and not a finished product by any means, but he has outstanding feet. Yep. Uh, he was actually bigger than we thought he was, longer than we thought he was. Uh, at the combine, uh, moves really well, and a guy that when he gets the timing figured out with his hands, with his punch, uh, he's he has a chance to be a really good player. Yeah, he, he's a, he's a puppy. Like you know, I mean that like he's young as a player, but just sometimes using his his limbs like an yeah. elephant with its trunk. Like it's like, yeah, it's like uh, when you see a dog, the paws are too big. Yeah, it's, it's a great day. Yeah, uh, but that's how he is. And uh, we talked about it when we were talking about um, some of these prospects, including Jones. And I said, you want to focus on the second half of last year mm-hmm. because that's where he started really ascending and figuring out so, how to use those traits. So, yes, this is the next of this group of tackles. And then it's kind of a little drop off after this. And this makes a lot of sense that the Steelers move up and make sure they got him because the Patriots were also probably looking at tackles as well. I, I'm assuming here yeah but but jones really has that upside i think he is going to take some time but he has all the upside in the world because of just all the tools that he has and again ascending play and he's going to the steelers which they usually get the most out of some of these guys like these developmental guys they they're going to coach him up look at the sporting caster on kenny pickett now yeah. yeah spent a lot of free agent capital just kind of rolling through interior offensive line guys trying to find the right one isaac salamalo mason cole they went out and got Daniels from Chicago, whose name I cannot remember James for some Daniels. reason right yeah, now, James yeah, yeah. Daniels. Yeah. They have Chuck Sakura for a right tackle, and I can potentially drop Roger Jones in at left tackle. Obviously, still have Deontay Johnson, have George Pickens, yep. Pat Fryer. I mean, they have built a pretty solid group of players around Kenny Pickett. 
to kind of figure out what he is on this rookie contract. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, you, Allen Robinson, who knows what he gives you this year? I mean, which Allen Robinson? I forgot about Allen Robinson. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> so there's your third receiver. That, yeah. That's it, right. And you know, George Pickens, the the promise he showed last year as a rookie. Yeah. And Deontay Johnson still, you know, has a chance to be a uh, top twelve ish receiver in the yep. league. He has that ability. Uh, you know, we'll see if they they find that consistency. They're going to lean on Najee Harris, obviously. Yeah, with the, you know, they're going to stay true to that run game. Uh, but you had to get better on the offensive line. And, and they have a few holes on defense, too. You know, we thought maybe corner uh, with, with uh, Joey Porter, especially Joey Porter Jr. Mm-hmm. They have the 33rd pick, right? right. They have the 32nd yes. pick in this draft. 32nd, right? right. First I, pick in the second round. Deeply <laughs> pains me, but they have the 32nd <laughs> yeah. pick so in this draft. And there seem to be more corners available at that spot, That's potentially. Yep. The New England Patriots have traded the 14th pick to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Interesting match, huh? With the 14th pick in the 2023 NFL Draft, the Pittsburgh Steelers select Broderick Jones, offensive tackle, Georgia. It would have been hilarious if it hadn't been. I know, right? I think it makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And we wondered, and we'd heard rumblings about the Steelers wanting to move up because they probably anticipated a run of the position like this. It is a huge need for them. I think this makes sense on three or four different levels. Yeah, and, and also just what Matt Canada was doing and what his offenses are. It's better to have good athletes in that type yeah. of offense. And he's a fantastic he's, athlete, he's a great he's, athlete, yeah. and yeah, a lot of well, yeah, a lot of stuff like where he has to do athletic feats from your offensive lineman. A lot of pulling stuff, a lot of move, a zone stuff, like just yeah. get these guys out in space. A lot of screens, and that's another thing that he has athletically be a good on screens when he gets out right. in space. So just receiver screens too, like kicking out a guy. So I think just with Broderick Jones, it's just this is uh, you're betting on potential here a little bit but there is more to him day one than maybe but there's gonna be growth there you you have to be able to trust a guy on an island and i think you can yeah with Broderick jones and and yeah to your point i mean you, you'll see plays uh watching on the georgia tape he's near the numbers blocking i mean yep. he is getting out in space getting downfield so yeah i think the fit makes sense yep. uh the timing of where they make this makes sense we've been talking all along about the offensive line run here it is yeah. tackle it really falls off you mm-hmm. know the next tackle drafted Maybe it's Anton Harrison. Yeah. Maybe it's Matthew Bergeron. I don't know. It might not be tonight. It might yeah. not be till tomorrow. So, uh, yeah, this is a, a pick that once we saw the Steelers logo pop up, yeah. we thought, okay, yeah, it makes perfect sense. It's, just so no one knows, we didn't know that they were taking him. We oh, just, no. we, it was it an just, easy yeah. assumption just about the, just felt right. We're yeah. not yeah. tipping anything. No. We're, we're yeah. finding out. But just is, the players yeah. available, that's why we knew this because there's the, here's the teardrop of the yeah. tackles. Like, no matter, no matter who you're looking, who's looking at these tackles, this is where the teardrop job happens so this made a ton of sense with what i really liked about broderick jones too is even though he is really young yeah. especially in snaps played um he was asked there was a lot on his plate when jamari Sawyer got hurt last year georgia's left tackle he had to step in he had never started before stepped in at left tackle georgia might not win back-to-back national championships without broderick jones and yeah. how the way he played both last year or the 2021 and 2022 that's he was forced to grow up early. Mm-hmm. They they put a lot on his plate. He answered it, and so I, I think if you're the Steelers, you feel good about bringing him to training camp and competing for a job right away. Yep. No, this is just we, there was such a glaring hole there where it's like okay, they signed a couple patchwork guards. That makes some sense. They're revamping this line, and that's what it just seems like with the Steelers. Like we have a question mark there. We're answering it. Usually we thought it would be corner, maybe makes sense, but when the tackle like this is available, where they moved up to, it's like, okay, we got to get this guy. And who do they move up in front of? Yep. The Jets. And the Jets yes. moved down two spots. You think about it, if the Jets had kept <sighs> the 13th 13. overall pick, do they draft Broderick Jones? Yeah. And then the tackle runs over and the Steelers don't get their guy. That's yeah. it. I mean, we, we talk, when we talk about the Jets, you talk about, okay, they're, they've got their tackles, Mekhi Becton, Dwayne Brown. What are the chances they start all 17 games? It's not high. <laughs> right. So getting an extra tackle like a Broderick Jones, that could mm-hmm. be that third tackle, that depth piece, but also the long-term answer that made a lot of sense. But now they're shut out of those tackles. Right. And, you know, it's it's funny. We, we we're, you know, have the NFL Network feed on. We didn't see any Peter Skronsky, uh, you know, from his. I was told he uh, turned down cameras. Oh. He he's at a uh, a pizzeria, local pizzeria. Okay. Uh, and just he wanted no fanfare. No wanted. You know, he's with his family and friends. No yeah. cameras. That sums up Peter Skaronski. Yeah. Right. Perfectly. Right there. Doing the Joe Thomas the b- bit where he was on the boat. Exactly. Uh, can't really do that now because it's prime time. Back then it was during uh, during the middle <laughs> right. of a Saturday. And that was All a lot day better. Saturday. Yeah, it was a lot better to do Marathon, that. Marathon. But no, that's a great point with the tackles because now or tackles them with the Jets because that was uh, Deontay Lee and I when we did our mock draft we did a tackle run and we had a the Jets taking one because we're like, oh, this actually makes sense. But 
I reached hard to take the the fifth guy. (laughs) And so here, like now, is it another pass catcher? Is there a, that would be hilarious as the Jets go, hey, Aaron, we'll draft a receiver <laughs> for you. Green Bay might not, but we will. But that's what's going to be really, really interesting is a pass catcher is an, a defensive What player. do we think it is? Now Now that Project Jones is off the board, Man. tackle made sense for the Jets. Well, what is your gut sense here, Dane, about where they could go? Nolan Smith and a yeah. pass rusher mm-hmm. this mix. Mm-hmm. You know, Carl Lawson's probably his last year uh, with the Jets. Um, you think about that, you know, obviously Robert Sala and, you know, the the way he wants to build that defense. It's not like they, that defense is ready to go. Uh, yeah, uh, certainly is. They needed a lot of help on offense, but adding a guy like Nolan Smith, another fastball in there who can be a, a chess piece. And different stylish, yes. stylistically guy than what they have too, which is interesting. Right. Yeah. And, and you can get creative with Nolan Smith and what he, you know, whether it's off the edge, whether you're blitzing him from different angles, dropping him. Yeah. yeah. So I think Nolan Smith makes sense. Um, just looking over my best available, Christian Gonzalez, mm-hmm. Nolan Smith, Will Levis, Joey Porter Jr. Brian Branch, Jackson Smith and Jigba, Michael Mayer, Dalton Kincaid, Miles Murphy. Uh, those are the best available. We're, we have to mention Will Levis watch. You know, where is uh, that landing yeah. spot? Tampa's coming up here at 19. Uh, Minnesota's out there. Where the, Will Levis, where that fourth quarterback goes, uh, that, that becomes a really interesting uh, talking point now. And we thought Tampa could they do they have to move up to get Will Levis? Do they have to right. move up to get right. a quarterback? And if they like Levis in the process and they can stand pat, it's actually a pretty good outcome when we just how much uncertainty there was about what the plan was going to look like for that moving forward. Yeah. Yeah. And with, with uh, the, the Bucks, they didn't bring in a lot of quarterbacks for 30 visits. They did bring in Will Levis. Okay. So they've done a lot of work on them. Um, you know, they're. You would think that if you liked them that much, you'd move up here a little bit, yeah. right. you know, just to make sure you get your guy. But maybe they stay put and say, you know what, if he falls to us, great. Uh, you know, we feel like we like him that much. So, but if he doesn't go 19, then all of a sudden we're, um, you know, going even. Fr- and I think we also have to talk about Hendon Hooker at this point too. Yeah, right. It's not inconceivable that a team would like Hendon Hooker over Will Levis. So both those quarterbacks are interesting landing spots at this yeah. point. God, it's just so funny with the, the journey of Levis's stock from the last few months. Like the, just, the betting favorite to go number two. What, yes. A yeah. week and a half ago? Yep. Not even A week now? ago. I mean, yep. Yeah. Uh, he won. If, ta- if you're Tampa, maybe you're just not too worried about the teams in front of you. You don't think Washington's going to take him. Right. If New England was going to take it's him, they're probably going to take him at 14. It's another team yeah. potentially jumping I, in front I tell of you him. what, the, the Patriots did like Will Levis a lot too. I, you never know. I mean, it, if they were going to take him, though, the idea that they would move you, back right. and then try to take I, him seems insane right. for a quarterback. Think, but, unless yeah. they just keep going, all right, like, yeah. <laughs> you guys keep doing this to us. we got to take him. Uh, no, the Levis watch is actually, I wouldn't. I didn't think it would last this long. I thought yeah. maybe it would be maybe to 11. You yeah. know, the Titans, I was really... I was reading lips here and expecting to see that. And no, it's interesting that Levis will, we talked about the Bucks being an interesting quarterback team. It's like, wow, this actually, this might work out. Like yeah. where they actually gets to that, get to that position. It's definitely the most intriguing outcome. Yeah. It's, it's mm-hmm. him landing there with those receivers and, you know, they still have some pieces along the offensive yeah. line. And again, it just kind of solves like a team building sequencing issue yeah. where you have all of these pieces already in place. Yeah. And it's like, oh, we were too good with Brady to get in the position to draft the guy, but we have this veteran team. Like, how are we going to thread the needle? Yeah. Stumbling into a quarterback that you like at 19, that's threading the needle. Yes, yeah, it is. No doubt. And if it's not Levis, what is the plan? Yeah, you know, right. what is the quarterback plan there? I mean, Kyle Trask is fine. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, I don't, fine you know, is a good word. <laughs> I, I, he, he, but I don't think he's an NFL starter. Yeah. Uh, obviously, exactly. nobody knows better than, uh, than Tampa, who's seen him at practice yep. every day and everything. Yep. But uh, I, I just, you know, Baker's there for the short term. Mm-hmm. Uh, at least Will Levis gives you that that long term idea. Jason Light, you know, he's uh, uh, he he has to do something at quarterback to at least tell the fans, tell ownership, we have a plan yep. in place. And I'm not sure that what they have going on right now with Baker and Trask that that gives you much optimism moving forward for the position. Well, all those vets that that's the thing of hitting so many on so many good players, you have to pay them. So getting that's a it. rookie contract quarterback helps that with that too it's like okay we don't we don't necessarily have to trade all these guys even if they might move on from a couple but also it's a good situation if they did drop in a young guy like as far as line and weapons looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone luckily with 24 7 us-based live customer service from discover everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime day or night yep you heard that right 
You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Just looking at the, de- the Jets' depth chart right now, it's just so hard to figure out like, exactly what they would need outside of a tackle. You know, They went out and got Chark Clark in that trade. They already have Jordan Whitehead there. And you know, they, do they need another safety? Is that the answer? Is a guy like Brian Branch somehow involved here? Do they want another body there? But it doesn't feel like a huge need. Mm-hmm. I mean, there aren't a lot of glaring holes where it's like, absolutely, that's where they need to go with this. So I'm fascinated by which direction they ultimately go here. Uh, could we see the first tight end off the board here? Right. Yeah. I mean, you know, they, I know they spent, and, and yeah. Jeremy Ruckert's still there. Ruckert, Uzama, um, and uh, they signed up Conklin. Conklin as yeah. well. Yeah, I know. But, you know, I, I mean, it's all about adding weapons. And, mm-hmm. you know, Dalton Kincaid's a little different than those guys. Right. So, yeah, you don't rule that out. Mm-hmm. Um Oh, Kincaid would be really interesting yeah. for them because he's a totally different flavor for them, and it also fills that spot, kind of the inside inside slottish spot that they might need a pass catcher at. Yeah, I mean that's the one that you kind of go to because it's just what the position is available. What you know are they? Do they want Jackson Smith and Jigbo? Like they started using Garrett Wilson a little bit inside yep. last year as well to like loosen them up and let open up his route running. So yeah, just curious what what they actually do. Defensive tackle would be one that I would go to just in terms of looking at their depth chart and the way that they're built. But is there one worth picking? I think that's the question. ハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハ
Uh, I think you love the idea of Will McDonald, but um, him being able to be a more well-rounded player, I just, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not sold. I'll put it that way. Um, and this is an older player. He's, you know, late to football. He was a basketball guy his, basically his entire life. And he's lighter. He's, he's going to play around 240, 245. Yeah. So, you know, how they use him will be really, really interesting. Yeah. I, I, like you said, <laughs> they can't have enough. Just yeah. get another one, get another one. But it's on just, the edge. Yeah. John Franklin Myers, yeah. Carl Lawson, they yeah. drafted Jermaine Johnson in the first round, first last, round year. last year. Bryce Huff was one of the most efficient pass rushers in the league on a per-snap basis last year. They just want an army of those that's dudes just that they can continue to roll out. That's yeah. just the edge, guys. That's <laughs> yeah. not even Quentin Williams. Quentin Williams right, right. Him. Yeah, this is, it's a, this is a little rich. I, I looked at him as like an early second round type. Like, so this is a little rich. I agree with My number 46 here. overall player. 46. Okay. Yep. I, I knew yep. it was somewhere near top 50. Yep. And that's kind of, yeah, it's, but this, again, this is, I love your phrase right there. You like the idea of him, yeah. the length, and you see some flashes. Uh, you see him inside sometimes. You see some moves. You see him ideas and moves. But he's, you know, a little older. I think he's a redshirt senior, I yes. believe, coming out. He'll be 24 years old in a month. 24, you know, it's kind of similar with Johnson last year. Johnson was more like a late bloom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With Jermaine Johnson, who was a little older as yeah. well. And kind of like there's flashes and some good stuff that you want to hone in on. And Johnson was a late bloomer or the last year he had the big, big production at Florida State. But it, that's kind of what it seems like to me. It's like, okay, we're looking at those glimpses and we only need you for 20 snaps because we have all these other guys. Okay, maybe we can harness those good snaps and then we, maybe we can work on with all the other stuff with all the traits you have. The yeah. quarterbacks went in quite, quite, such quick succession. We really didn't get a chance to talk all of them at length in terms of what their on-field production, those traits look like. Nate, just explain a little bit more about what type of player C.J. Stroud is and who the Texans are getting and who they're making this bet on. First and foremost is accuracy. And when we talked about it after the pick was made, it's just that accuracy and that ball placement. Right here, even with talented receivers, this is Marvin Harrison Jr. that he'll be throwing the ball to right here. Even on this play, this is layering the throw. And this is a far hash throw. These are college hashes that C.J. Stroud and all college quarterbacks have to throw from. So he is throwing this. This is the arm strength. This is the touch. This is the ball placement. This is the accuracy. This is the anticipation that Stroud works with. And on this throw, this is with timing. So he hits his hitch here, throws his corner out, and throws it over the corner to Marvin Harrison. Yes, that's a big target. Yes, that's an athletic guy. But still, just that ball placement to maximize this room. That's what C.J. Stroud does time and time again. And even here against Georgia, and this is a national championship game, I just want to show some of his pocket movement. Again, this is the polish that uh, C.J. Stroud plays with that he has improved upon as he's played on. Usually guys get better, but leaps and bounds that C.J. Stroud showed. And there's been the flash plays. He had a touchdown on Marvin Harrison Jr. where he's moving the pocket. He made Jalen Carter miss in this game. But just here is just that subtle pocket movement, just the one step, and he is ready to throw and he delivers the ball on time. Yeah. Everything comes out on time, as scripted. You love to see the eyes downhill the, or downfield the entire way. Yes, feel of pass rush. Yeah. And that's why it's easy to like Stroud's film. And uh, that's why there's, a, I'm sure a lot of quarterback coaches watch him. It's like, this is great. Ball's out, eyes are downfield. He's got great pocket movement. And he does this time and time again. And I'm going to just go with one last play, and this is just the creation. And this is that North, Northwestern game that I referred to. This game was terrible for Ohio State on offense and just in general for weather-wise. Yeah. But here he is running a zone read. This is in the fourth quarter. They had to dial up plays and find plays, find yards, any way, shape, or form. So what they did was like, all right, CJ, hey, remember we don't like to run you? Okay, we're going to run you right now. And this is a zone read classic play and with a little split tight end coming across. Dan crashes down right there. Look at him. He's just looking right at Stroud. He's like, oh, shoot, where did you, where'd you go here? You don't do this. Yeah, exactly. Dude, they were well coached, and they were like, yeah, he's not keeping it. And there there goes Stroud. And he opens up here. And this is a 6'3", 215-pound guy. You know, he's not a smaller back, or a smaller quarterback, I should say. And he's out racing. He finally gets pushed out the end. He kind of gives like a weird lower shoulder there. But this is creation. And he can do this as far as a play extender. He shows those flashes. But if you want to tap into some of those designed runs, just like a Dak Prescott, mm. it's, you know, once or twice a game, he can harness that and can do that. So that's why he's a balanced player, accurate, polished, with a little bit of creation on, uh, it's the cherry on top. And that little tiny pocket movement, that, that's it. You don't need to be this guy who's rushing for 80 yards a game or right. having all these design runs, even though you just showed one. It's yeah. just, can you create something that's not there consistently? Because we know what the ball placement is. Yeah. That throw you showed against Michigan, that was the one, the first time I watched that game, where I was like, okay. Yeah. I stood up very straight in my chair after I saw him throw that corner out because the ball placement down the field consistently is just impeccable. It really does stand out. But when you start to sprinkle in 
those little, all right, when it's not there, I can make it there. That's when things really get interesting with Stroud. And that's key because you want defenses, they want that in their mind. They know they have to defend that. You're not one-dimensional. Make they them know. honor it. Yep. Exactly. And so, you know, you put that on tape and then, yeah, you don't do it every time, but nope. you, you take what the defense gives you. Mm-hmm. That's what the best quarterbacks in the league do. You know, and so whatever the defense shows, you're going to do this. You're going to zig when they're zagging. So, you know, it, it's just, it's, a, it's a chess game. And, yep. and the best quarterbacks, they are one step ahead. And with CJ, if he's able to expand a little bit, be a little yep. more creative, then, yeah, he's going to be a productive Just, Like you said, just enough. It's having that third With the 16th pick in the 2023 NFL Draft, the Washington Commanders select Emmanuel Forbes, defensive Over back. Christian Gonzalez. Over Christian State. Gonzalez. So now we have a 166-pound corner drafted <laughs> over the guy who was probably the most physically gifted yeah. corner in this drafting. Yeah. I, I had Emmanuel Forbes in my final mock to, to Washington because I heard that was a guy they really liked. Uh, but I, if Christian Gonzalez was available, I would have got Christian Gonzalez. Yeah. Uh, that, this is a surprise. They must have liked Forbes quite a bit. Let's, you want DBs that can get their hands on the football? Yeah. Nobody <laughs> did it better uh, than Emmanuel Forbes. Uh, oh, my gosh. Yeah. His... his you know, at first I, I was a little, uh, a little scared of him because he does freelance quite a bit. Yep. But then the more you watch, it, you're like, okay, this guy does it responsibly. He does it at a high level, but also uh, doesn't. He's not reckless. Yep. You know, he's not taking low percentage chances, uh, and he's able to get his hands on the football. Uh, set the FBS record for pick sixes in a career. Thirty career interceptions. Uh, his final three years in high school. First three years at Mississippi State. Look, you want your DBs to have those ball skills and, and create those turnovers. Nobody did it better than uh, Forbes. So you see that at 166 pounds, and you hope maybe he gets to 175. Yep. That's the hope. But uh, you know, even though you do worry about maybe holding up physically, he plays tough in the run yes, game. Yes, he does. He doesn't back down. He'll play tough. So you know, this is a guy that it's easy to like. You just have to be okay with the weight. We talked about it with Skaronski in the length. Mm-hmm. We talked about it with Bryce Young in the size. No different with Forbes. Just have to be okay with that uh, slight frame. He's a football player. Like, he really is. And his feel for the game really stands out. They showed it right now on NFL Network. But my introduction to Emmanuel Forbes was watching Will Levis. <laughs> and they were playing Mississippi State. And he picks off a wide receiver screen. Why? Because Kentucky had run a wide receiver screen in that situation twice earlier in that game. So he saw the formation and jumped on it. So, like you're saying, it's that controlled aggression. And I'd much rather have my corners doing that than the oh, guy yeah. just that – has no idea what's going on. He's like, well, you guys didn't coach that up for me. Just that feel for the game and length and just, and like you said, he is tougher than his frame Draft would suggest. Now. Like he sticks his nose in there. Is he a great tackle? With the 17th really pick in the 2023 NFL Draft, the New England Patriots select Christian Gonzalez, defensive back, Oregon. Well, oh, this kid. Player. I mean, that's, that's awesome. That's Christian Gonzalez. When you talk about corners, wow. tall, long, can run. Uh, that's 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 Gonzalez right yep. there. I mean, I know you love him, so it's probably hard for you to articulate this. But why do you think we had to wait so long to hear his name and have other corners go off the board before that? Especially when you compare him to like a, a Witherspoon, he is more finesse. Yeah. He is a little more uh, of that style. But you know what? I mean, it's okay. Can he get guys on the ground? I think he can. Yeah. That's all I need my corners to do. Can you, as a tackler, get your guy on the ground? He's competitive at the catch point. Uh, I, I thought that, you know, you watched the opener uh, against Georgia, mm-hmm. and there were a few times where he was late finding the football, but then watch later in the year, he got better. Yeah. Watch the Colorado tape, watch later in the year uh, for Oregon, and he got better understanding where the tells were, mm-hmm. you know, to read the receiver, find the football, uh, create those interceptions. And he's 20 years old. Yep. This is a young player yep. who is just, he's on the ascent. And so I'll bet on those traits. Uh, Bill Belichick loves those smart, tough, uh, players. I, I think Gonzalez has that. So this is, I, I, I will put money on it that he outplays the 17th spot in the draft. Oh, absolutely. This is, I, I, best place to be a corner and land is the Patriots because yeah, yeah. you're like, oh, okay. My, they might coach me tough, but at least I'm going to maximize this. But the Patriots last year, their defense was really fun and also a defense that was, and I've mentioned this on our podcast is that he was a little different or a little different flavor than typical Belichick defenses. A lot more cover two, a lot more just too high, and also just a lot more speed on the defense. Mm-hmm. And this is another speed guy. But they also had some issues covering bigger receivers. So that's why they ran more cover two. They, they did that one double stuff, the one cover one where they double team a particular player. You know, still often, but when they had a bigger guy that you could tell they're like, 
I don't know how we can do this other than double teaming the guy. So this is their answer for that. Let's get a guy that can handle length and handle size, and he has it. Before we get to Detroit 18, excited to chat with our Seahawks writer at The Athletic, Michael Sean Dugar, about a big night for the Seattle Seahawks. Michael Sean, how you doing? Look at that. I'm doing good. How you guys doing? You guys look good over there. You look good, man. I love this sweatshirt. I like it. (laughs) Got that all juice team. Yeah, man. Shout out to Therese, man. All juice team, man. Shout out to Therese, That's great. When we talked earlier this week, I think you were a little bit apprehensive about how much of a need corner was for the Seahawks heading into this draft just because we haven't seen them really overdraft that position. Then they drop a bombshell on us, draft Devin Witherspoon with the fifth overall pick. Did you see that coming in any way? No, I, I didn't. I'm legitimately surprised. You know, I thought they would try to fix the defensive line just because, uh, like we talked about, Robert, Pete Carroll has like some earned arrogance with the <laughs> cornerback spot. He has found not only studs and Richard Sherman and Tariq Woolen in the fifth round, but he's found like serviceable starting caliber guys like Byron Maxwell and Jeremy Lane. Uh, those, I think, were like fifth and sixth round picks, respectively. So you get a guy like that who can turn, you know, Kobe Bryant, the Jim Thorpe Award winner, a fourth round pick into a starting nickel last year, you know, as a rookie. Now, that's pretty impressive. So I didn't think that guy would ever feel like he needs to use the highest pick he's ever had uh, at running the Seahawks on a corner. So I'm, I'm legit surprised today. Why do you think they went with Weatherspoon over a Jalen Carter or somebody to kind of give them more help at what we thought was a bigger need heading into the draft? I think with Jalen, money does play into it. I believe the fifth pick is projected to sign for four years and like $34 million fully guaranteed with a signing bonus around $21 million. And when you take that type of risk on a dude and you're saying, hey, man, I give you, I give you eight figures up front. I mean, you need to know that he's going to show up in shape, motivated. He ain't going to do anything silly when he's not at the facility. You know, that's a big deal with that type of financial investment for a team that honestly is cash strapped right now. Not just cap strapped, cash strapped. Which is the difference there when you're talking about signing bonuses. So I can see why they went away from Jalen with that pick. I was surprised that they didn't go with their biggest need, which is a defensive lineman, maybe taking Tyree Wilson, a long arm guy who can play in a 3 4, uh, even at that like long pterodactyl body type. I was surprised by that. But uh, at the same time, Pete Carroll did tell me at the combine, you know, I asked him, I said, hey, does where you've drafted cornerbacks in the past reflect how you view the position you know, in terms of positional value? Look, he's like, no, it doesn't. It just happened to be how the board fell. Um, and, you know, this was one of those times that wasn't a smoke screen. So I, I've credit to Pete Carroll for not lying to my face, you know, uh, during this draft process. It's interesting. In the last two years, we've seen two guys from that Seattle tree where corners haven't been overdrafted. The Jets and Robert Sala took Sauce Gardner with the fourth pick, and then Seattle comes back a year later and used the top five pick on Weatherspoon. But that's not the only Seahawks pick in the first round. We got a Seahawks pick coming about two more spots here with a 20th overall pick. What is on your mind with that pick? Which direction do you think they might be looking with the guys that are currently on the board? I think they're going to try to trade out initially, which I do think they tried to do with the fifth pick. I'll find out for sure later tonight. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if they maybe push someone up the board at defensive tackle, because that is a spot. I mean, yeah. I like the, the Devin Witherspoon pick. I think he'll be a fine player. I got some film of him queued up right now on my laptop while I eat. <laughs> but, like, I'm also looking at old film of the defensive line, and, guys, they only have three interior defensive linemen on the roster right now. Miles Adams, Jaron Reed, and Draymond Jones. And those three are fine, but that's just three, you know? So I do think maybe you push up with Kalaja Kansi, um, you push up the kid from Northwestern, you push up Mozzie Smith, which may be where I would go, um, the Clemson defensive tackle, Brian Bercy. Like, any of those guys, I think, would be a nice pick, but I mean, what do I know? These guys are going to take like Dalton Kincaid or Michael Mayer or something <laughs> like that and then just shock the world with their next pick. Michael Sean, thank you very much, my friend. Enjoy the rest of your night. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you guys for having me. Peace. Thanks. Thanks. All right, guys, we are going to take a quick break before we get back to the first round. Excited to get back with you guys. We'll talk to you in a minute. Building a portfolio with Fidelity Basket Portfolios is kind of like making a sandwich. It's as simple as picking your stocks and ETFs, sort of like your meats and other topics, and managing it as one big, juicy investment. Mmm, now that's pretty good. Learn more at fidelity.com slash baskets. Investing involves risk, including risk of loss. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC. Member NYSC SIPC. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, we are back, and we are back with some big news. The Detroit Lions with the 18th pick take Jack Campbell, linebacker from Iowa. You had Jack Campbell mocked to the Lions, but I think it was at 50, correct? <laughs> exactly. Uh, we'll count it. <laughs> Put it on the board. Wow. I mean, this is top 20 is early for Jack Campbell, uh, but, you know, he's, he's an easy player. I don't know anybody that doesn't like Jack Campbell. Yeah. Right? I mean, really I, you can, we could debate whether or not this is too early for him. But you like Jack Campbell, uh, you know, he, especially because he can play in coverage. Yeah. You know, it's not just that he's big and physical and he's going to go downhill. He can drop in space. I mean, watch him again on the Ohio State tape. He intercepts CJ Stroud. Yep. Uh, you know, he, he can cover tight ends. He, he has a really good feel for zone. Yeah. You know, and understanding, okay, in my spatial relationships with the routes and the combinations. That interception came on that, right? Exactly. Yep. He has a good feel for that. It's very natural for him. So you're looking for that throwback. Uh, Chris Spielman type of linebacker yeah. who uh, can get downhill but can also drop in space. Yeah. I, you know, I understand why Jack Campbell is going to be a first round pick. It's just surprising to see him as a top it, twenty guy. It is, especially you know, may have thought maybe Drew Sanders would be, probably be the first one off the board. And but I that Ohio State tape is where he popped for me because also he was shedding guys yeah. when the offensive lineman climbed him. He stacked and shed. It was like clinic tape. I had some high school coaches. I posted a clip on Twitter. Some high school coaches were like, I'm using this. I could tag in other coaches going like, we got to put this on the reel because it was like such clinic tape and such good technique. Like you said, it's hard not to like him. He, he's like, he, and honestly, the Lions needed linebackers. They did, they did need a linebacker. And, uh, I mean, they re-signed Alex Anzalone on a pretty big deal, which, which was, I was like, oh, all right. Uh, yeah. Because that was their biggest issue. Still, you know, you're yes. excited for what he's going to be, but yeah. That's and you have to understand what he is. Yeah. There is going to be the yes. limitations for probably durability as well. So Campbell. did Jack Campbell test better than you thought he was going to as well? Oh, his <laughs> short area yeah. agility was <laughs> off the charts. I mean, uh, so it, 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 I don't think you always see that on film. Um, I mean, talk, I know some scouts had third-round grades on him. So, obviously, the Lions had a different grade on him. They, right. they saw him as a player worthy of – I think the Lions probably don't didn't have a first-round grade on him, but they must have had a, a 2A grade right. on him at high second-round pick. And that's what we figured this back after this first round is going to be, exactly. hey, we're getting the players we like. Screw, like, positional values. Screw I, mean, I think anything. they've done that the whole first round. Right. <laughs> I mean, the, the Lions, with all those picks, have come away with a like change of pace running back yeah. and an off-ball linebacker with, yeah. in the top 18. So yeah. At the beginning of the day, if I would have said, hey, the Lions, uh, they're going to – in this draft, they're going to come away with Jameer Gibbs and Jack Campbell – you could have made the argument, oh, so in the second round, they drafted right. yeah. Jameer Gibbs. Yeah, they, maybe they Jack moved Campbell. down from 18. They got Jameer yeah. Biggs at 24, right. and then they got Jack Campbell in the second round. No, 12 and 18, those are the two guys they came away with. Hey, um, you know what? When they get on the field, it doesn't really matter where you're drafted. It's just can right. you live up to it. And, you know, the Lions obviously felt good about these two dudes. And, you know, they, they needed that presence on defense. Jack Campbell also won the academic Heisman. Mm-hmm. This is a guy that is sharp as a whip. Yes. Uh, character. Off the charts. Yeah. So, you know, not someone you're going to have to worry about away from the building. Um, I mean, he think he fits a lot of – I mean, I'm sure Dan Campbell watching oh, this guy, interviewing, him. talking to Kirk Ferentz about him. I- I'm sure it just hit all the right notes with the Jack uh, – uh, Here we go. Uh, to draft. Bucks at 19. Let's Kansas see. City with the 19th pick <laughs> in the 2023 NFL Draft, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers select Kalijah Kansi. Yeah. Defensive okay. end, Pittsburgh. Yeah, have- yeah, so, Will Levis there. watch continues here. Yeah. The Bucks go with Kalijah Cansey from Pittsburgh. I mean, just an absolute pass rushing force yeah. on the interior. Dane was easily the most productive interior pass rusher in college football this year on a person that basis. But again, another size outlier in a draft full of them. That's it. it, it, it we talked about it with Bryce Young. We talked about Skaronsky. We, we've talked about size outliers all draft so far. And here's another one. Uh, I do like the Ed Oliver comparison, uh, a player who's a top 10 pick, mm-hmm. but maybe hasn't lived up to it. Mm-hmm. Can't see, I think, it brings a little more violence with the way he plays. The hands, it's the wax on, wax off, and <laughs> right. he's going to go with some force. Um, that first step quickness. Yes, that's what stands guard out. Guard struggle yep. 
to match that first step quickness. And so if he has an opportunity to shoot that gap, a lot of times he's going to win. So yes, he's undersized, does not have the length you look for. Mm. He is the first defensive tackle in the last decade with a sub 74 inch wingspan to be drafted. Not in the first round to be drafted, drafted, period. Does not have long arms, doesn't have the wingspan, but a a guy that, uh, you know, at 280 ish pounds, Mm -hmm. you know, ran really well at the combine. He has the tape to match because again, the quickness and the Mm -hmm. violence that he plays with. The question is, are, are, are you comfortable with him on rundowns? Are you comfortable with him stacking, shedding, taking on doubles, being able to, uh, be more than that, you know, that, that one gap penetrator? Um, or is he more one dimensional? That's where teams were split, uh, based on scheme and what they value in a, in a player like this. But obviously the Bucks are betting on that, that yeah. first step quickness as, uh, being a, uh, something that can really ignite their pass rush. Cause that's something they, they needed to fix. We yeah. thought maybe on the edge. Yep. Yeah. But here they go yep. with Cancy on the interior. Totally I wonder how it's going to shake out. Yeah. Cause now mm-hmm. you got Logan Hall. They drafted in the second round yep. last year. Vey is still there. They signed great gains in free agency. He's more of a depth piece, yeah. but yeah. on passing downs, who are the guys on the field yeah. and where are they lining up and how do they see Cancy fitting into that? Totally different flavor of guy that they have gone for. Yeah. I mean, yes. just picture usually they go super long. Big, That's usually long, what they traditional DNs. Yeah. We talked about Miles Murphy on our edge show. And I was like, oh, this is a yeah. Bucks DN yeah. right there. And yes, he plays the defensive tackle. Kalaja does, but it is just a, a gap shooter. Um, Todd Bowles is a traditional three-four guy. Mm-hmm. You know, and this is yeah. not this is a four-three defensive tackle that they're really going with here. And so that's just interesting. What is his best spot? Do you see potential on outside at all? Like him bumping out there, that was, that was kind of my like question. A sub-package guy without that length, it, yeah. it, it becomes harder on the outside. But right. w- with his quickness, that speed, yeah, you know, I, I, I get off and everything. Right. Yeah, I, I think it's you know you can mix him up. He's not strictly uh, a B gap only guy. Yeah. I mean, I think yeah, you can you move him around, get creative with him. Um, and the other thing too is you know this is we thought maybe this is a Will Levis spot. Yeah, uh, yeah. Will Levis watch is still going here in the twenties now. So and, you know we know. Seattle. I was going to say, the Seahawks have five potential quarterback yeah, spots. Right, so right. this is interesting that now they're at 20 and potentially that they have Levis available. Also, with, but also we we're speaking of the versatility that Kansas might have some outside ability. Maybe it's not his best spot, but potential. But everybody's versatile on that defensive line now. Like mm-hmm. that's what's kind of cool. Try on all those guys have outside inside stuff. Even Logan Hall, that was kind of like his. Mo was kind yeah. of like he was like he oh can, yeah yeah can kind of do outside, both outside inside yeah. so I, I kind of like that though I love when everybody kind of has that versatility because it makes passing down so much fun because mm-hmm. you can just it, it's up to how creative the defense coordinator is and Todd Bowles is pretty pretty dang creative with especially with his blitz packages and stuff. All right, so now if the Bucks didn't take Will Levis, and let's say the Seahawks don't take Will Levis, who is going to take Will Levis? I mean, the well, Vikings, Vikings, you yeah. can't completely rule them out. I think it'd be a surprise if the Vikings did it, but you don't completely rule them out. Um, you know, Liam Cohen, Kevin O'Connell, there's a relationship there uh, from their time uh, with the Rams uh, before Liam Cohen became the OC of the, of the, of, at Kentucky in 2021. So you don't completely rule that out. Uh, but if it's not the Vikings, then, I mean, you're looking at potentially a team having to move up from the second round into the first to go get him. And, and again, Hendon Hooker, is also in the mix here as a quarterback that could go. So no guarantee that Will Levis is the next quarterback drafted. Right. And a team in the second round, the Rams, potentially moving up. Well, that was my other thought. Six right now. I mean, that yeah. Liam Cohen connection, but do the Rams like Hendon Hooker? I mean, if, if right. did they was the little rumblings about them liking Hendon Hooker, is that a product of them thinking Will Levis wasn't going to be available? Right. So I think there are a lot of different questions to consider, thinking about where the landing spot is going to be for Will Levis. Sure. But now – Michael Sean said he thought Seattle might move back from this pick. They are still on the clock mm-hmm. here with two minutes and 20 seconds left. Among the guys that are still available, Dane, who do you think makes the most sense potentially for Seattle? Uh, I mean, I don't think that Nolan Smith is a great scheme fit. I don't, mm-hmm. but he is the top pass rusher available. And again, I think with Nolan Smith, you're, you're looking at a guy that has uh, some versatility. Yeah, he's 240 pounds, but you can use him in different ways. Mm-hmm. It's not just strictly as an edge rusher. So, Nolan Smith, I, I don't rule him out here, even though I don't love the scheme fit. Um, after that, uh, you know, they're they're not taking Joey Porter Jr. Uh, they're not going to take Brian Branch, Jackson Smith and Jigba. We we thought wow, the receivers right. eleven to twenty. We yeah. thought he'd go Jackson Smith and Jigba go somewhere eleven to twenty. We're at twenty, right. and uh, he has not gone yet. So the that number three uh, receiver spot has been 
not what they they that wanted in Seattle. And so give Geno some more help on offense with DK um, mm-hmm. and uh, Tyler Lockett. Uh, that Jackson Smith and Jake would be a perfect fit. I know. Again, a totally different flavor. Yeah, I yes. love the. The basketball room. I love it so much. It's, I, it's I, I can't stop fit. thinking about it. Yeah. The, the moment it became clear, like, okay, he might be available at 20 because of some of the concerns. You think about his skill set and mm-hmm. how it lines with mm-hmm. who Tyler Lockett is mm-hmm. and who DK Metcalf is and what they have, that hole they have in that offense. I haven't been able to stop thinking about it. It yeah. was my favorite landing spot for him. And if it happens, I will be thrilled. Right. Okay. That would be great to see because I, I think that you know, Geno Smith would love it. Uh, the, I think the fan base would love it yeah. because it, it just makes your offense tougher to defend and, yes. you know, gives you different options. You know, they, they, they still have high hopes for Noah Fant and what he's going to be in that offense. But, uh, you know, could we see the first guard off the board here? Uh, you know, we, they feel good about their tackles, mm-hmm. but they need help on the interior. Could, you know, no Cyrus Torrance yep. be in the mix. Yes. Yes. You know, we start talking about Steve Avila at mm-hmm. this point. So, you know, interior offensive line, you don't rule that out. Um, we know they still need help on defense. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that's Especially adding a Devon Witherspoon. That's a great, that's awesome. That's a, it's a, but you know, we, we heard, uh, uh, Michael Sean talk about they, they still need help on the defensive line. We just yep. saw, uh, Klaja Kansi go one pick earlier. So yep. he's not in the mix here. Could we see a Mozzie Smith, uh, out of a warrior from North, Northwestern? Could we see him come off the board here? <laughs> so defensive line, uh, there's a lot of different directions Seattle yeah. could go. I mean, this is even like a Kincaid, even though they have tight ends on the roster, Dalton Kincaid, but yeah. that answers big your slot guy. Yes, pass catching uh, yes, option. A pass I mean, that, that was what we were thinking about. And Dane, you know, we talked about how early the tight ends might go, yeah. whether it's going to be a run of them. We see three in the first round. We're at pick 20. We have not seen a tight end come off the board yet. And the Chargers are on deck. And yeah. they are a team yeah. that could potentially go. So they're very interested in what this pick is going to be at 20. Uh, if it is indeed a tight end, is it wide receiver? Because we know the Chargers could go either direction if they if they want that offensive skill player uh, that's going to help Justin Herbert. At the combine, I the impression I was under is that the Chargers just wanted an offensive difference maker in the first mm-hmm. round, a playmaker in the first round. There is a chance that the only one in this draft that is off the board by the time they draft at twenty one is Bijan Robinson and then Jameer Gibbs. That's it. Yeah. So they they could have their pick of yeah. pass catching options from this entire draft at twenty one. I can't imagine they believe that's how it was going to work. Like everyone's yeah. alternated tight ends or receivers for them in mocks. It's just like, yeah. it's just somebody. Right. Just that, one, but I think any, that was their mindset. Yep. We just need something. We just yep. need a little bit more juice within this offense. Yes. And now they're going to have the pick of every single guy that came well, in right. this draft. They felt good that somebody would be. Yeah. 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 Zay yeah. Flowers, Addison. Justified. Right. <laughs> they yeah. were correct. Yeah. And yeah, sure enough, they, they're going to have their option. And so that makes it even more fascinating to see which direction they go. Yeah. Uh, if it is the receiver, Quinn is it Johnston? the tight end? Do they get a totally I, yeah. different dude than yeah. what they have? Like that, like you, you don't know what they prefer. That's what's so interesting too. And now some of my other dream scenarios here with JSM potentially going to Seattle. And then now that tight ends haven't gone, is Dalton Kincaid going to be there for a team like the Bengals? Like it's just all the Cowboys. different things that are Cowboys. now in play Cowboys here. Comes with some company. Got it. The Seattle Seahawks are champions of growing the game of football at the youth and high school levels. Joining me on stage are local boys tackle football players and local girls flag players who are pioneers in flag football growth. These young men and women embody the NFL values of respect, integrity, resiliency, and responsibility to their teams. Congratulations on your accomplishments and your academic and football careers. Now to make the selection, please welcome Bethany Yoribe. Go ahead, Bethany. With the 20th pick in the 2023 NFL Draft, the Seattle Seahawks select Jackson and Jigba. Yes, it is. I love it so much. Yes. It feels right. It does. It feels it, the right. The rug really brings the room together. It really, <laughs> it really does. does. I, it just, when you think about skill set yeah. and complementary pieces and what it feels like in that offense, you're really cooking with gas yes. with mm-hmm. these three guys together because, Dane, he has such a specific skill set. For a guy drafted in the first round to spend 88.6% of his snaps in the slot in his final college season when he was a full-time player, that doesn't happen. Yeah. We don't see that very often. So he needs to find the right offense to get the most out of who he is as a player. 
And I absolutely think that this is the right offense. No doubt. And he's going to a spot where he's probably going to be playing mostly in the slot. Mm-hmm. And he his spatial awareness as a route runner is what makes him special. Yeah. He, he, it's not just that he finds the soft zones, and it, but he knows how to set up DBs. Yeah. Snapping guys off. Yeah. Oh, yeah, consistently. Uh, and he does it with his footwork. He does it with his eyes. Mm-hmm. He does it with his body rhythm. He is a pro right now. Yeah. Out of the box, no assembly required. Right. So Jackson Smith and Jigba, yeah, if you're Seattle, uh, you, this is not a development pick that you're nope. thinking in two, three years he's going to help us. Day Perfect. one, it, it really, both of their picks, yep. Devin Witherspoon, Jackson Smith and Jigba, yep. these guys uh, are going to help this team right away. And, you know, Seattle, tell you what, they, they knocked out of the park last year with yes. their draft class. So far, uh, you've got to feel great with what they're doing. It makes sense, too, and just stylistic fit, too. And that, that's mm-hmm. about the receiver room, the synergy. Like, it's perfect. It really is. DK Metcalf is the true outside ball winner. you got Tyler Lockett, who's the intermediate, can go vertical. He can work inside it out as your Z. And then you, now you got Jackson Smith and Jigba, who's a true slot with feel. And you were talking about his, his routes. I always like to say tempo is routes. Yeah, that's, that's he, exactly he knows right. how to throttle up and down. He might not have the fifth gear, but he can go to one to four. So quickly, in and out, and just has that feel for space. It's just, the puzzle pieces make a ton of sense. Just little tiny shoulder movements, little head movements, setting guys up. It's pacing. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And when, when, when you think about these slot receivers, I think a lot of the time people envision them having a feel for void and zones. Yep. Yeah. I'm more impressed by what he does against man coverage. Oh, yeah. When he's got a guy trailing him or just understanding how to set guys up at the top of his routes, it's beautiful to watch. Like yep. He's one of the more nuanced players at the position. He's so specific what he does yep. that has come along in a really long time. Yeah. Savvy. That's yeah. what Savvy. he is. He has a really good feel for it. Um, and it's just it, – it, I really like him after the catch too. There, mm. There's a yak element where – That Rose Bowl, man, I mean, that yeah. is all just him making plays Shredding. with the ball in his hands. It, yep. It's like he has eyes in the back of his head. As soon as he catches the ball, he knows, okay, what's going on around him and what he needs to do because again he's not a burner he had a one six five ten yard split yeah that's horrible <laughs> but he understands everything going on around him and he maximizes those skills so you know this is no surprise he set the texas receiving record for a career in high school like this guy has been a pro for a it's long time productive. with the way he goes about his business goes to ohio state because they he knew that they would develop him as a receiver even more even though he didn't play this year it still felt like uh, a, a safer pick where right. you know exactly what you're getting. He might not be that burner. I can put on tape where a linebacker catches him. Right. And that, that's okay. You, you, you kind of sacrifice the straight line speed a little bit, but he's going to get open. Mm-hmm. He's going to catch the football. Last time I checked, those are the two most important right. things yeah. to playing the position. And that they needed a technician. They didn't need speed. Yes. And so yeah. it's like perfect. Exactly. The ceiling is defined, but that's not what they needed within this offense. Mm-hmm. We talk about, I mean, these are glowing reviews. Yes. So like, okay, then why is the 20, he the 20th pick? Because one of the reasons that there's no assembly required, there's nowhere to go. Like yeah, this yeah, is who exactly. he's going to be. Exactly. And that's fine. You have to understand what that is. That's why he's not a top 10 pick. For what he is, he's really intriguing. Absolutely. All right, guys, that's all we got for picks 11 through 20. The end of the first round, the third and final show from night one of the draft should be available in your feeds very shortly. So please come back and check it out. We'll talk to you guys soon. This was the Athletic Football Show.